Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovSkyo Media and Research. With me today is managing editor, Ross John Fortune. Hi, Ross. Hi, Alex. You had the opportunity to chat with Nicholas Epiotis, CIO at ARPA-H. How'd it go? It was great. It was his first, uh, I think, podcast recording since he got named to the position recently. Um, we were lucky to be able to set this up with him and talk to him, you know, about his view of the job, the view of what's going on at ARPA-H and the speed of innovation there, and generally his outlook on uh, the entire healthcare innovation world and particularly in the public sector. So tell me about Nicholas's background. What did he do prior to this position and when was he selected as CIO for ARPA-H? So he was named uh, last month to the job. Uh, he was previously at the Department of Health and Human Services uh, for a couple of years as the chief data officer. And, and we talked a lot about data and data strategy in the conversation. You know, he talked about how much he was involved with trying to figure out what HHS and ARPA-H have in common when it comes to data strategy and the, you know, the huge amount of data, obviously, that health systems have and something that ARPA-H has to bring forward and move forward. Like I said earlier, I, I think the innovation thing is really interesting. And he talked about that with regards to data and, and his previous experience, because one of the things he said that I thought was really interesting was ARPA-H needs to not just keep pace with the private sector, but outpace it in terms of innovation, which is not something you often hear when we're talking about the public sector. And so his experience, both as CDO of HHS and uh, at the uh, Center of Information Technology at NIH, you know, he's seen a lot of the different aspects of these systems. Yeah, that is a very interesting perspective on data and outdoing the private sector in terms of development. You're right. We don't hear that very often at all. And I know I'm interested in hearing more of the story behind that. So let's not keep our listeners waiting. Let's dive into your conversation. Nicholas Epiotis is Chief Information Officer at the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, an independent agency of National Institutes of Health that supports research in the biomedical and health breakthrough fields. Before being named to the ARPA-H position, he served as a chief data officer at the Department of Health and Human Services. He joins me now to talk about ARPA-H, innovation, and everything in between. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So how does ARPA-H encourage the high-risk, high-reward health innovation balance in its work? Uh, well, that's a very interesting question. And, uh, and I tell you, this is more appropriate to ask from some of our mission folks that they're working directly, uh, providing innovative ideas and programs, you know, uh, aligned with their mission. But uh, from what I understand, and actually uh, in my short tenure here at the ARPA-H, we do uh, encourage innovation by being nimble. Be nimble, allowing these program managers actually to, to innovate on their own, right? Uh, and actually with the willingness to take risks, the willingness to try new things and, and try something that nobody has tried before. 
Well, you mentioned that you're fairly new in the job. What have you seen so far that has been encouraging in your time so far in the position? Uh, actually, what I did notice even before I got the job, and actually, and, and I'll tell you a story, uh, and I'm not sure which one of the interviewers asked me that question, right? Uh, but they were talking about innovative and how how to advance the way we do business in the government. And I remember I did answer by saying that uh, the government should never fall behind the private sector. We should always be on par. Just to be corrected seconds later to say, no, 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 Nick, here we need to be ahead of the private sector. We need to try things that nobody has tried before and actually lead the way uh, in, in terms of innovation. But uh, I tell you, ARPA-H, and when I was thinking it to, in my decision to come here or not, actually, uh, it was a very attractive proposition because our base has like three key ingredients to do something amazing, right? Um, the one thing, we are nimble. We are relatively small and allow us to be very agile and nimble, right? Uh, we do have uh, relatively uh, the good resources to do what we need to do, but the most important uh, then everything else is exactly what I said earlier, the willingness to take risks, the willingness to be able to try something new um, and, and fail if we have to. Calculated risk, but fail if we have to to learn for the next time. How do you encourage that at ARPH? You know, that's, in government, that's not always part of the equation. I and mean, risk is not really a huge part of government, uh, certainly not in the healthcare sector. No, you're absolutely correct. And actually, I, I tell you my experience from the government is that we try to avoid failure at all costs, right? Uh, sometimes I think what we need to do is that we have to treat failure as part of the process, as part of the learning process. And pretty much, I'm not saying take risks that they're like putting at risk the agency, but taking calculated risks that will produce some results. And actually, sometimes... We will try some things that they're not going to work out for one reason or another, but that's the whole idea. We're going to learn from it and do it better next time. But if we don't try, uh, we're not going to be able to succeed. In fact, uh, and I want to say, I shouldn't go back to my Greek heritage, but one of the famous Greek people, Onassis, mentioned that the safest way to fail is not to try. <laughs> so, and that's exactly what I believe. I think... Trying it, and even if you have a control failure, actually, that, that will be a, a benefit to us because we're going to learn something out of it. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to learn um, from failure, especially controlled failure. You've worked in data a lot, so data sharing, I know, is tough in the healthcare world. You know, Previously, you've talked about the risk-reward balance that may discourage public servants in the innovation space, and, and particularly in the data sharing innovation space. How do you foment that risk-reward balance to the ways to learn about it. That's right. So, and, and you're talking about data sharing, which is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart because for the past uh, uh, two plus years that I was uh, the HHS CDO, I was also serving um, at the CDO Council and I was chairing the data sharing working group. In fact, this is one of the first things that we looked to, to see how can, how can we improve data sharing, specifically in the federal government, but even outside, right? And, and I tell you, uh, there, were, there were like three major things that we looked at the time for data sharing, right? One was to uh, streamline those complicated data agreements that we have that it usually take way too long time to be uh, ratified. Two is to improve some of the data awareness. Uh, and the last one was about improving the data quality. So 
bottom line, everything comes down to uh, actually taking a risk. And when somebody wants to request data, right, they are the ones associated with the rewards. But the provider of the data is only associated with the risk. And this is how they see it. And this is how uh, sometimes this process takes too long to the point that it's not happening, right? But um, what we do here, and, and I tell you, this is my my approach to everything. Uh, I'm more of a carrot person than a stick, right? I try to put instead of focusing on the on the risk that somebody's taking, I'm trying to focus on the rewards. And and I tell you, this is what uh, uh, we implemented at HHS, well, with the CDO there, which is one we had the first the inaugural. Uh, data, uh, HHS Data Excellence Awards, right? To again, put some line, put some light on the rewards of you know, like what can go well when you're taking those risks, when you're taking this step forward to do something great, right? Uh, the other things that we did there, the other thing was the, the profiles. Um, uh, I don't, uh, so we created like small stories, success stories of some of these folks that they took those risks, they share data and they produce something amazing. And it, like I said, instead of focusing on the risk part and trying to put some more light on the reward part to make people more attracted to the end result of what we're trying to achieve. I've heard that in my career a lot covering the federal government, how much the carrot and sticking balance, how much that carrot side of things can really uh, fall short. Um, certainly, I know uh, that's the way to treat adults it's generally is my feeling. No, no, no. It, it, it's easy to focus. I think this is a little bit of human nature, right? It's easy to focus on the negative results and lose sight of the what can go well, right? And or why we do it at the end of the day. And But this is, this is important to tip the scale towards the reward part versus the risk part. You mentioned earlier the way that industry innovates and ARPA-H's role in innovating ahead of industry, but obviously partnerships are a big part of what you do at ARPA-H. What's that role, uh, not just with industry, but also with other agencies, state and local health agencies, and the various different partners that you have? Absolutely. So... Uh... And, and actually, I would take it a step farther, even within the department, right? We we working closely with all the optives, right, within uh, uh, HHS, right, either on the mission side or on the technology side to be able to do better data sharing, like we were talking earlier, to, to bring technologies to bear. Actually, the, uh, I, I will examine the opportunity to co-innovate, right, to figure out partners within the department that they will be willing to, to jump into um, uh, experimenting a new technology or innovating together to bring something uh, to bear. You've talked about it a fair amount, but is there anything we didn't talk about as far as your CDO experience at HHS? Because obviously you're Part of this other component of HHS, how's that shuffling go around and what are you bringing to this role that you had in your previous role? What kind of experience, what kind of knowledge? So I tell you, for the past year, while I was at HHS uh, in, the, in the role of the CDO, my biggest priority was to finalize the data strategy. In fact, I remember when, when I was looking uh, but transitioning to ARPA-H, I wanted it to happen after we announced it. In fact, we did announce the HHS data strategy a day before I left <laughs> uh, HHS. But um, I think 
our, the data strategy that we put over the past year together, right? It was very well thought strategy. We did we did a 360 degrees uh, landscape analysis. So we did talk to uh, the leadership of of uh, HHS. We did talk to uh, stakeholders of HHS. We did talk to key. Uh, partners on the technology side, we, but we can leverage. And, and actually, it's the data strategy that we put together, I think, is very much in line with what HHS would focus in terms of data right now. So, and I don't know if you have the opportunity to look it up, but uh, we have uh, five pillars, right, that uh, we try to put more focus. And that will be talent, uh, that will be data sharing, like uh, <laughs> we mentioned multiple times today. Um, that will be internal operations, leveraging um, the human services data, which is something that we haven't done as much as the health service, as the health data traditionally did. And lastly, of course, artificial intelligence. If we have any data strategy coming in 2023 and didn't have any reference to artificial intelligence, we will be failing our job. But uh, I think those are the five pillars that we focused uh, on our on our data strategy. We also have two use cases, one of which we are uh, we have a, a lot of equity. Specifically, one of the two use cases is the cancer moonshot that you're probably aware. This is one of the uh, initiatives that we're working here at RPH as well. You mentioned AI. I cannot have any conversation near a hot mic without asking, what do you see for AI in the future at RPH? Well, definitely AI is in the future of our base. Uh, and, and I tell you, we do work um, actually with, uh, with HHS headquarters for the, for the AI strategy that we're supposed to send back by, I believe, March timeframe. So uh, I, I would say AI should be, it's like any other emerging technologies, not just AI, but it, it will be definitely in a horizon to leverage to the maximum extent. Ethically, within the parameters that we, it will keep us safe. You know, like any technology, like a, like a, any big disruptor, uh, I would say it it does have its pitfalls, right? So we're gonna uh, we're gonna avoid the pitfalls as much as possible, but we definitely will not. Uh, uh, we're gonna look to leverage it as much as possible as well. Of course, there's no conversations that are happening in government. I'm sure without uh, AI. Well, and I tell you, it's 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 interesting because when we started talking about the data strategy, uh, most of the focus was about emerging technologies, including AI. But as the last year unfolded, pretty much we focused more on AI than anything else because it is it is a huge disruptor in in technology right now. The speed of it has been mind blowing. The way things have changed, not just over the last year, but over the last few years, to see the ways that generative AI has really uh, evolved. Uh, absolutely. I think it's, it's AI, like you said, is changing over many years, but uh, actually became a topic this past year. I think any technology, as soon as it hits the consumer market, that's when it skyrockets, you know, the, and it's making a big change in the in the industry. I think this is what made the big difference last year with AI, that, that it hit the hands of everybody. Like from from my high school kids, right? <laughs> that uh, every school is looking for ways to leverage AI while preventing kids relying over relying on AI to do the work. Yeah. To us, I mean, in essence, it's 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 a double-edged sword. 
I would say that uh, uh, it, it it concerns every uh, every market, not just us. Yeah, once it hits my retired parents or my mom was retired, like I think that's the point where it's really reached saturation. I know, and, and she's a former public servant, but you know she wasn't in that world. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think we should chat about? No, I would say uh, again, I reach back to us probably some time later on when I have a better understanding, you know, a better uh, grasp of what we will be doing here. But the thing is that I'm still on the learning mode. <laughs> As you can only imagine, we are a brand new organization and we have to work on multiple fronts. It's like we we started, we're standing up an IT shop that we, we didn't have before. We, we support in ARPA 8 with the onboarding of multiple people because ARPA 8 is growing up rapidly as well. Uh, and at the same time, we try to innovate. So we, as you can imagine, we sometimes it feels like we're doing too many things at the same time. But uh, like I said, I'm still learning. If we talk six months from now, we'll probably even less than that. I might give you a different uh, perspective again, you know. Like I said earlier, we're agile. Any plan that we put in today might not be the same four to six months from now, you know. Of course, it's the speed of innovation and the speed of uh, of healthcare as well is uh, certainly quick. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ross. That was a fascinating conversation with Nicholas Epiotis. Before we let our listeners go, do you have any last highlights or takeaways to leave them with? As you heard sort of at the end, we, we did talk about AI because there's no way to talk about government IT without AI. And I think Nick Epiotis was really clear on the fact that AI is a part of this as much as anything else. So ARPA-H will be involved in that just as much as it will be in all the other things that ARPA-H innovates with and within. Yeah, I know that AI was only discussed at the tail end of your conversation, but it really is difficult to overstate just how big of a role that technology is going to play for all agencies going forward. Well, thank you so much, Ross. Listeners can tune in in Hold on a second. We actually have some news to announce. So starting in February, we are moving all of our podcasts, GovCast, CyberCast, and HealthCast into one podcast feed, GovCIO Media and Research Podcasts. It is the old GovCast feed uh, starting February 1st. Uh, And this is a great opportunity to bring you all of our content in one convenient place. So you'll be getting a GovCast, a HealthCast, a CyberCast, and a Cancer HealthCast all in the same feed each and every month. So we will have a little bit of time where you still get some HealthCast in this feed. But if you're listening now, you should go on over and make sure that you're subscribed to GovCast or if it's past February 1st to GovCIO Media and Research Podcasts to continue enjoying all of our content. But Until then, if you like what you heard, make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating on our new podcast feed. Make sure you're subscribed to our new podcast feed. And hey, tell a friend about our new podcast feed. Uh, We always appreciate growing our audience. Hey, Ross, did I plug our new podcast feed enough?
Word of mouth is always the best advertising. So tell your friends. I co-sign on that 100%. That's right. Especially when we have such exciting news as a, wait for it, new podcast feed. GovCIO Media and Research Podcast. I can't state that enough. Please subscribe there. <laughs> well, thank you again, Ross. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Ross Jean Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.